This is Sarah Lemon, author of The Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Multimedia. You can find it online at www.mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and on my blog, The Whole Dish at blogs.esouthernoregon.com forward slash rogue hyphen valley hyphen food. We're entering that time of year, really bold flavors that really define the season, things that home gardeners like myself feel like we wait <laughs> far too long to enjoy. And of course, I'm talking about tomatoes, basil, chilies, cucumbers, ripe summer fruits that just make make my mouth at least water. But it's still a little ways off. The tomatoes probably are not going to be ready for almost a month yet. And those are in the early tomatoes. And so I find myself kind of looking for that flavor that's going to really define my meal. And it's almost escaped my notice these past few weeks, right outside the garden fence, just a lovely, hearty, lush lavender bush. This is the English lavender. I have a couple of other hybrid Provence type lavender plants that are known more for their um, really pungent essential oils. But the English lavender is the sort of milder variety that people typically think of as culinary and you can cook with it. I was struck by just how beautiful these blossoms were and picked a big bouquet to bring into my house and that aroma just brought me back to it's like a love affair that I had with lavender about a decade ago when I first really kind of got into cooking with it. My mother-in-law brought me a tin of culinary lavender from Pelandaba Lavender Farm, which is on Washington San Juan Island, where I, which I have also visited myself. And they have beautiful lavender products and all available for purchase online. And culinary lavender, which was a several ounces, I would say, but several ounces of lavender will last a very long time. It, you probably can't use it up quick enough before it has lost a lot of its perfume because lavender is one of those things where less is more. Um, a, a small amount of lavender peaks the palate a little bit and is kind of just that little something extra in a recipe. Too much lavender can make a dish turn bitter. Despite that, lavender is typically an essential ingredient in the herb seasoning blend, herb de Provence, with marjoram, thyme, sage, savory, along with lavender is kind of one of the things that defines it. I love it with some really kind of specific flavors. I mean, yes, it can be very sweet. I love it with lemon lemon and lemon zest. It's just kind of magic. Of course, lavender lemonade is a classic. I've made lavender lemon madeleines. It's little French tea cakes. Um, it's, it's also very good with chocolate, of course. And I also like to take it in a savory direction, particularly with white pepper and mustard 
in mustard seeds. A decade or so ago, as I mentioned, when I sort of first was intrigued with lavender and I started experimenting with it a lot more in my cooking, sort of my signature seasoning blend, particularly for grilled lamb, was simply sea salt and preferably really fine sea salt, like a French gray sea salt, salcri as it's known. White pepper, freshly ground white pepper, although green peppercorns, pink peppercorns also are great with this. If you happen to have this, black pepper is just a little too strong, overpowers the flavor of the lavender and dried lavender. And I would just compound all of those things in a mortar and pestle, the sea salt, the um, white peppercorns, and the lavender blossoms. I just loved that sprinkled on a grilled meat. I also would add mustard seeds to that and use it as a rub for grilled chicken or added to a marinade with some prepared mustard, honey, the lavender blossoms, maybe some some thyme as well, maybe some rosemary. It made a really nice marinade for a honey mustard glazed chicken. So all those things made me think, as I brought in this bouquet of lavender, I really need to, to make those dishes again. I've been missing those dishes. But in the past five years, I've had two children and typically try to keep my seasoning a, a little more subtle for their palates. They are getting used to seasoned and spiced food, but lavender certainly would not be one of those things that I would think a five-year-old or three-year-old would gravitate to with much enthusiasm. So it's kind of fallen by the wayside. But of course, there is still good reason with little ones around to have adult um, pleasures that can incorporate this. And one of the things is the topic of my current blog, and it's a grapefruit and lavender gin and tonic. My husband is big fan of good gin and tonic. I would say I'm uh, less enthusiastic about that particular cocktail, but anything with grapefruit, anything with lavender, and a good substitute for the lavender simple syrup in this is Saint-Germain elderflower liqueur, which is one of my absolute favorite flavors. Again, used judiciously, subtle flavor combined with lemon and other kind of herbaceous notes. It's really, really delicious. So this cocktail, simple to make, starts with a simple syrup, which as the name implies, <laughs> it's pretty simple. And that is very straightforward. Three quarter cup granulated sugar in a small saucepan with three quarter cup water you can use any quantity of this, make a large batch. It's simply equal parts granulated sugar, white sugar, and water. Bring it to a boil. And then when all the sugar is dissolved, and that'll just take a few minutes, you know, three to five minutes or so, you steep whatever flavor you want to infuse in that syrup in, in the mixture. Um, you put it right in the pan and remove it from the heat, let it cool. In this case, it's a lavender simple syrup. So it calls for adding several small sprigs of fresh lavender to that pan of dissolved sugar and water and several small sprigs of thyme just to offset that really floral note 
of the lavender you give it kind of that little bit of a bitter savory sensibility to it and of course these two things go together they grow together um you know climate that is going to be favorable to lavender certainly is favorable to thyme grow very happily in the same herb bed which mine do so once that cools down and those herbs have had a chance to steep transfer the syrup to a bottle you can leave the herbs in the bottle, although might become a little powering and overpowering, they might break down. So it's usually a better idea to remove them and strain that syrup. And it'll keep for several weeks in the refrigerator. This quantity, three quarter cup sugar, three quarter cup water, makes about a cup of syrup. It's lovely just with carbonated water as a soda and a squeeze of fresh lemon. You don't really need to amp it up much more than that. But as a cocktail, really refreshing for summer. You can add a slice of cucumber if you like, is what this calls for. A slice of grapefruit, which grapefruit aren't really in season. So might do a slice of lemon, which also isn't really in season, but they tend to hang around in grocery stores a lot longer, obviously. A sprig of lavender and a sprig of mint to those garnishes and the, the ice in the glass, add one or two tablespoons of grapefruit juice, a tablespoon of the cooled simple syrup, a quarter cup gin, and a half cup tonic water. And that is grapefruit and lavender, gin and tonic. I thought that I would also revisit a lavender dessert. This one is also very straightforward, very simple. And, you know, just kind of sets apart something that's very common that people see all over brownies. These are lavender brownies. The recipe came from the Contra Costa Times back in 2010. I posted this to my blog August 9th, 2010. To search the archives on my blog at blogs.esouthernoregon.com forward slash rogue hyphen valley hyphen food can select from the drop-down menu on the right-hand side of the page a month and a year. And when you select August 2010, um, you'll see the ninth, this Enjoy Lavender Essence at Ashland class is the headline. There's a cooking class in Ashland dedicated to lavender. And the recipe is actually adapted from the book Bittersweet, by Alice Medrick. And the secret to this recipe is to combine lavender buds, and they could be dried or they could even be fresh. Fresh, of course, are gonna be a little bit more pungent. You might wanna scale back on the quantity of these, but it calls for combining them with the sugar. And so in a food processor, pulse one and a quarter cups sugar with a tablespoon plus a teaspoon of, of lavender buds. If you want even more lavender flavor, you do that tablespoon plus the teaspoon. Less, you can probably just do the tablespoon is what the authors of this recipe recommended. You pulse that and you get this lavender scented sugar, which you could do a larger quantity and keep it around for other things. You can serve it with iced tea in the summertime, people to stir in, again, make lemonade out of it. I mean, this is kind of almost a multi-purpose seasoning a little bit if you're inclined toward this direction. But to make the brownies, you're going to set a double boiler or a heat proof bowl. 
over a pot of simmering water and you're you're going to make your own chocolate here out of unsweetened cocoa powder so you need the double boiler put 10 tablespoons unsalted butter which that's about a stick plus two tablespoons into the double boiler or the heat proof bowl over simmering water the one and a quarter cups lavender sugar three quarter cup plus two tablespoons unsweetened cocoa powder and a quarter teaspoon salt stir this until the butter melts and the mixture homogenizes becomes smooth and it's quite warm it's hot remove from the heat and let it cool until it's just kind of just warm to the touch with a wooden spoon stir into this mixture a half teaspoon pure vanilla extract then add one at a time two large eggs crack one at a time into the bowl stirring vigorously after each egg is added and this mixture it's chocolate mixture cocoa mixture is going to be smooth and really shiny and to this add a, a bit at a time you know you want to avoid trying to make too many lumps a half cup flour, just sprinkling it in and stirring until it's well incorporated. Stir it all vigorously. And this is for 40 more strokes. I'm not sure how many minutes that will take. I've never like counted as I've stirred 40 strokes. You're getting pretty specific with this, but the idea is you want this batter very, very smooth. It leads to kind of the most decadent brownie. The oven should be preheated to 325 degrees at this point. The batter is going to be baked in an eight by inch baking pan that needs to first be lined with parchment paper or foil with an overhang on to opposing ends so the, these brownies can be lifted out. So whatever you use, whatever you prefer, the parchment paper, the foil, prepare the pan, the eight by eight inch baking pan, pour the brownie batter over the parchment paper or the foil. Bake in the preheated oven, again, 325 degrees for 20 to 25 minutes until a toothpick comes out with just a bit of batter clinging to it. And then let the entire pan cool completely on a wire rack. When it's completely cool, use the ends of the foil or parchment to lift out the brownies. And it makes about 16 brownies, lavender brownies. And that is... A recipe adapted by the Contra Costa Times from Bittersweet by Alice Medrick. That was posted to my blog, The Whole Dish, on August 9th, 2010.